1971, Bill Gaither wrote a, a song, and we've probably all sung this song at some point. It says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, my life is worth the living just because he lives. Beautiful song, very, very true words. And although those words are true, sometimes they're hard to hold on to. There are times in our lives when it seems that possibly things are crashing down around us. Uh, we can't figure out what we're going to do next. We don't understand what God is trying to teach us maybe in, in a given circumstance. But regardless how we feel, it doesn't change the truth in these words, and it doesn't change the truth in the Word of God. If you have ever felt that way, that maybe you just don't know where to go next, I assure you that you're not the first person to ever feel that. I assure you you're probably not the only one that's feeling that at the time. Things in this world right now are probably more uncertain, at least they are as they've ever been in my life, things in this world are probably more uncertain than they've ever been. We look around and we see, we see unrest in, in all different places. We see economic unrest. We see political unrest. And peace seems to be a fleeting thought. We see the world seems to be on the verge of war everywhere we look. Uh, in so many places, the, the Middle East, between Israel and Palestine, North Korea now is, is doing who knows what and where that's going. Uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iraq, and all of these different places, and we see that there's this, this unrest in the world. And we wonder, how can we be at peace in our lives? And I'm sure many people are asking when they see that, is the end of the world near? And the thing is, this is a question that's been asked for centuries. And it's a question, uh, another thing is, does God give us hints about when the end of the world will come? Or does he tell us just enough about the future and the end times to make us trust in him? Although we as Christians trust in God, <clears throat> there's always been many different opinions or interpretations on what the Bible says about the end time and when the events that are spoken of in the Bible actually take place. And I'm, I'm not going to try to tell you when it's going to happen, because I don't know, and neither does anybody else. And we're not going to take the book of Daniel and try to say, well, what he was saying here was this meant for our time. I'm not going to try to break that down. <clears throat> because regardless of our personal beliefs as to what has to take place before the end of the world, whether we agree on these things or whether you think it's going to be this time or this time, it really doesn't matter. What is important is that we realize and recognize that the end is in God's hands. There is nothing that I can do to change when it's going to be. There's nothing that you can do to change when it's going to be. He will bring it about in his own time. Here's an example of, of something that, that causes people to become anxious. There's a an email that circulates, and I'm sure you get the same, you get these emails all the time. There's an email circulating now saying that a tsunami is coming on July 22nd of this year. Be prepared. And it's due to a solar eclipse and a terrible earthquake. And the email, like most of them, tell you to forward it to all your friends so you can scare them too. 
And it's so they will be aware of this impending doom and can prepare. Here's an example of what the email says. <clears throat> Hello there, I just wanted to let you know to please stay away from the beaches all around the month of July. There's a prediction that there will be another tsunami hitting on July 22nd. It is also when there will be a sun eclipse. And it goes on to name specific areas that will be hit. It continues, please try, please try and stay away from the beaches in July. Better to be safe than sorry. Please pass the word around. Please also pray for all beings. Thanks and have a nice day. Bless you. <clears throat> the email also comes with a map, very impressive map, that points out specific places as where the tsunami is going to hit. And many people would get this email and they would send it on to somebody else and they would send it on to all their friends and before you know you have this mass panic that on July 22nd there's going to be a tsunami and wipe everybody out on the beach. According to the urban legend section of a, a website called about.com this is a quote, the only true statement in the preceding message is that a solar eclipse will be visible in some parts of the world on July 22nd, 2009. Tsunamis are caused by earthquakes, not eclipses. A professor at Singapore's Earth Observatory explained this, and I quote, In the last 110 years or so, there have been about 85 really big earthquakes, and only two of those occurred on the same day as an eclipse. And even those were a partial eclipse, not a total eclipse. They happened in a different place from where the eclipse happened. So probably, I would say it's a very good chance you're safe to go to the beach on July 22nd and you'll probably make it home. But these are the kind of things that people let bring fear into their life. Because we know that the end is, is somewhere out there. We've been told for centuries that the end is out there. It's just that we don't know when. And when somebody says, I know when, a lot of people grab hold of that. And it brings in fear. And regardless of, of what, what is true or not, there's a lot of people on July 22nd that will wake up very afraid. The 16th century most, uh, astrologer named Nostradamus is probably more popular today than he ever was. There are books, there are television shows, there's an internet sites all dedicated to his predictions. Why? Because people want to know what the future holds. If we go back to the words of this song, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, this is the key, he holds the future. You see, there's nothing that we can do about the future and those events. If those things are going to take place, I can't change them. But I know the one who is in control. I know the one that holds my future, and I don't have to be afraid. That's exactly right. And, and it's not anything new that's just our day. Let's go all the way back. We're going to look in the book of Daniel. Daniel 12, verses 1 through 3. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Even back then, there was talk of the end coming. 
And the phrase in back in the very first verse that says that time, a lot of people say that that is describing the end of the, the world. Others say it was describing the actual time that Daniel lived in. Whether you believe it, it describes the past or whether you believe it describes the future, the message can help us with something. And that is that it's important how we live today because tomorrow is coming. If you don't get anything out of that scripture and all the, the, the figurative talk that Daniel wrote here, one thing that we know for certain is that it is very important how we live our lives today because there is another day coming, and there is an end coming. After Daniel had had this vision, remember in a couple weeks ago we studied about this vision he had of this great statue. Now he, he had a vision that, that filled him with awe and fear. And it's, we're not going to read all about it, but in Daniel chapter 10 through 11, it talks about all the specifics of this, this vision. In the vision, he sees this series of com conflicts that happen to God's people. And at first, Daniel didn't understand. But then one, and this is where we are today, one of God's angels comes and explains it to him, what is going to happen, and what this vision means. And because of that, Daniel's encouraged. The angel explains to Daniel that the conflicts in the time afterward would be a time of great distress. The people of God especially would experience suffering. Now, we don't like to hear that, but that's what he said. And if you read about the vision in chapters 10 to 11, you'll see that some of the people of God would fall away from serving the true and living God, but there would be those that would endure until the end. The faithful would have their names written in a book, and everyone whose name was found written in the book would be delivered from all of the events that they talked about. Among those who would be delivered would be the wise and those who led many to righteousness. That's what, that's what it says. One of the reasons for all of these things to happen, and, and this was important, you have to realize the people of Israel, God's people, felt like because they were God's people, it didn't matter how they lived, because they were descendants of Abraham, that God was just automatically going to deliver them. They had kind of this, this self-importance thing going on. And I believe these events were to try to tell them it does matter how you live. It does matter. Just because you're a descendant of Abraham doesn't mean that you're automatically going to get a free pass, that you're going to get a get-out-of-jail-free card when all of these things start happening in the earth. And that's what Daniel was saying. Don't depend on your heritage. And I will tell you today, it's the same thing. We can't depend on what Grandma did. We can't go into heaven based on how Grandma lived her life. We have to live our life for ourselves, and we have to live our life for God, and we will, we will be judged on how we live our life, not on our ancestors. And this is an important thing because there are a lot of people that think that, that their heritage is going to slide them right into heaven. That's not the case. Daniel was telling the people that if you choose to follow someone other than the true and living God, the God of Israel, then you will fall just like anybody else. The truth was that they would have to choose who they would serve, and they would have to choose who they would trust. The reference to, to Michael here, it talks about this great prince, a heavenly prince, 
It reminded Daniel, and it should remind us, that the spiritual nature of this conflict, it wasn't just a, a battle on earth. There was this whole spiritual side of this battle going on. And it's, it's more than human armies and strategies involved in these battles, these conflicts. And I believe that was so the people would know that they needed to keep their trust in God. It's nothing new today. Some people would look at this and they would say, well, what does that have to do with me? That was, that was centuries ago. And I would understand why someone would ask that, because so much of this is open for interpretation. There's some of it that, that people would say, well, this is literal and this is figurative. And I would agree. And I'm not going to try to break it down, but I will say this. Just as Daniel said that there would be opposition, we can expect it in our day too. Just as the angel said that there would be men who would come along and set themselves up as the answer to all the society's problems, we can expect it in our day too. Just as the, as the angel told Daniel that they weren't battling just against armies of men, we can expect it in our day. Paul said in Ephesians 6 and 12, he said, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. That means when we come up against things in our lives, it won't always be just another person. The battles we fight are against, in times, just against evil. Sometimes we will battle against the devil. Amen. That's what Paul said. Our, our struggle is not just with flesh and blood, but against the authorities, against the power of the dark world. Just as the angel spoke that there would be those that fall away, we can expect it in our day. Ephesians 6, 13 and 14 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, he's saying it's coming, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, the next chapter says, stand firm then. It says to take on the armor of God. And it says if you can't go forward when you've done everything, then just stand. And the armor of God that gives us that ability, if you read on through the next verses, it's truth, it's righteousness, it's readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, it's faith, it's salvation, it's the word of God. Those are the things that give us the ability to stand when the powers of darkness, when the powers of evil and Satan himself comes against us. We can stand because we have something that is more powerful than he is. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I don't have to be defeated. I don't have to be beat down. In verse 2 of, back in Daniel, the angel spoke of a resurrection that would come. It would come to all people. But it wouldn't be the same for all people. And this is also a New Testament teaching. The purpose of this was to encourage God's people that their earthly life had eternal consequences. We can't walk through life and think that what we do doesn't matter. 
I know it's not a popular thing in churches, in a lot of churches, to, to talk about sin and to talk that there are consequences for sin. But the truth remains, there always has been. And there always will be. In Daniel's day, he said that there would be those that would fall away. In our day today, there are those that would fall away. There are those that will follow after God no matter what happens, and there are those that will turn away. We have to realize that we don't know when the end is, but we have to realize that there are consequences for how we live our life. One thing that Daniel talked about that is still the same today, too, is that there was victory for those that remained faithful to God. And I believe that we can expect that in our day also. In the resurrection that Daniel talked about, there were some that were raised to everlasting life, and there were others that were raised to shame and everlasting contempt. The resurrection was sure. That's the one thing that was common with everybody, was the resurrection. As far as how you were resurrected or what you were resurrected to, that was based on the choices that we made and the choices that they made back then. And it's the same way today. When the end of time does come, when the rapture takes place, or maybe you've already died and in the grave and you're raised from the, gra the ground, whatever that happens then is based on how we live their life now. The choices that we make in this life will determine the outcome when we are resurrected in the end. Somebody gave me a card the other day, and it said, please fill this in. If you'll give me the day that you're going to die, I'll make sure I come back the day before and witness to you. And we have to realize that there's a lot of people that feel that way. I'm going to live my life like I want to, but at some point, down towards the end there, you know, like later on, I'll get things right in my life. And, and to that I would say the same thing. Well, let me know when you're going to die, and I'll get together with you, and we'll just get everything worked out. Well, I don't know when that's going to be. Well, I don't either. The point that Daniel was making is that we don't know when these things are coming. If you read through the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation and all of these books that have prophetic meanings, the thing that runs all the way through here is we don't know. That's the one thing that goes through all of them is we don't know when these things will take place. So I would say it would make a whole lot more sense to go ahead and be ready. Yeah, but i got so much stuff I want to do. But there's no promise that you'll get to do it. There's no promise that, that we'll see tomorrow. We have a hope of tomorrow. But it's not a guarantee. It is not God that sends anyone to an eternity of shame. I talked to somebody just recently, very good friend of mine, and he said, I just, I don't understand you Christians because it doesn't make sense that if you have this God that loves everyone, how he could send someone to hell. 
And I said, well, I called him by name. I said, God isn't sending anybody to hell. We choose to go. We choose whether we go to heaven or we choose whether we go to hell. It's our choice. God doesn't condemn us to one place or the other. God gives us a choice. It's, it's from the very beginning, from Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden, they had a choice whether or not to obey God or disobey God. What would it have been like had God created man and they had no choice but to love him? It wouldn't mean very much. If you only love somebody because you had no choice, it doesn't mean anything. It's like my, my son when he was a little boy. And, and he would do something and I'd say, say you're sorry. Sorry. He didn't mean that. He just said it. And the only reason he even said it is because he thought I was going to whip him if he didn't. And by the same token, if God created us without a choice, we wouldn't really love him. But he gave us that choice. And we have the choice to love him and live for him, or we can walk away and do our own thing. He won't force us. But I will tell you this, and I say this a lot, and I will say it again this morning, that any time that there is talk in the Bible about judgment, there is also talk about a plan of salvation. Any time that God pronounced judgment on his people, he also provided a plan for them to escape from that. And the choice was theirs. Daniel 12, verses 4 through 7. Multitudes, but you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. And then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others on this bank of the river and on the one on the opposite bank. And one of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times and a half a time. When the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. Well, that made it just perfectly clear. And, and Daniel said probably what we said when we read that. Huh? God understands our desire to know what's coming. But God's will is for us to live in our own time, recognizing that he has plans for our future. If we knew exactly when the end would be, most people would probably wait till the last minute. Well, if that's when it's going to be, then I'll just do what I want until then. That or there would be others that would live in complete fear up until that time would take place. And I believe that's why God doesn't allow us to know that. I believe what, instead what he tells us is that we know that there is a time that everything will come to an end. And that's why it's so important that we live our life now. 
with that in mind. We don't need to know all the details of the future. However, we do need to recognize and anticipate that there is an end of all things, and there is such a thing as eternity, and it is our choice as to how we will spend it. I believe Daniel was probably disappointed when the, the angel told him to seal that scroll or, or that revelation. Because for Daniel, it meant that the end of time had not yet come. And he would have to wait. But, but I thought you said all these things. No, Daniel, seal it back up because the end of time isn't yet. But just seal it back up. Still, in all of this, God showed him that a time of righteous judgment would come, that world history, including the history of God's people, would not continue forever. But here's an important thing. The events that took place would not be solely in the hands of human beings because there are other things that come into play here. While people would, would work at, at knowing more and more, the real end and the goal would remain in God's hands. As Daniel watched all these things take place, he notices now that, that there's a, a guy standing on that side of the river and a guy standing on this side of the river. And they wanted to know when this stuff was going to take place. And the answer that they got really didn't satisfy them very much. And the angel, instead of giving them a, a definite time, he swore on the one that is holy, on the one who lives forever, he swore by the name of God that these things will come, but not for a time. But even worse than that, he had let them know that before all that happened, that there would be some some bad things that would happen. While the near future was not very encouraging, if you read chapters 10 and 11, uh, Daniel probably didn't run away from there feeling real good about the near future. But while the near future was not very encouraging, the ultimate future would demonstrate God's power and His justice. When we look around in the world today, maybe we don't feel very encouraged by the things that are happening in the world today. Sometimes it's, it's very difficult when you turn on the news and you hear all of the things and you go, Lord, what is going on in this world? And maybe the near future doesn't seem very encouraging. But I know one thing for sure, that somewhere past this near future, there is a time that's coming. And it's a time that God will reward those who have been faithful to him. just as to when those things would happen, wasn't just of interest to those two men on the side of the riverbank and to Daniel. People are still trying to pinpoint when this all will take place. The Bible is very plain in Matthew 24 and 36 that no one knows the day nor the hour. It goes on to say, not even the angels in heaven know what that, when that time is. 
And still, there are always those who will try to tell you, well, I, I know when it's going to be. God spoke to me. Let me offer you this suggestion. Don't listen to them because they don't know. The Bible says they don't know. We need to know that, yes, it will happen, and the choice of the reward we will receive is determined by us. All the other things and predictions really don't matter. The predictions of tsunamis and earthquakes will always be there. But we can't live our lives in fear over things we don't know. The whole point of the book of Daniel, I believe, is to let us know that whatever happens, we must continue to trust in the one who does know the end from the beginning. If you boil it all down to just a simple statement, is I don't know when it's going to take place, I don't know what's going to take place, but I do know the one who does. There's been, over the years, a lot of predictions, and, and I, I found a few that I thought you could probably appreciate. Grover Cleveland, the 22nd and 24th President of the United States, was quoted in the Ladies' Home Journal in 1905. He said this, Sensible and responsible women do not want to vote. We know that didn't really go over very well nowadays. In 1963, an executive from Capitol Records said, We don't think the Beatles will do anything in their market. Guitar groups are on their way out. Daryl Zanuck, a, a movie producer for 20th Century Fox, said in 1946, television won't last because people will soon get tired of staring at a plywood box every night. <laughs> and I will tell you that the predictions about when the end of the world is going to take place are about as accurate as those things right there. Because in our mind, we look at stuff and, and, and we go, well, that just that can't be that way. Yeah. And we know that so many things over the years have been proven wrong that people predicted. Daniel 12, verses 8 through 9. I heard, but I did not understand. Remember that when will it take place, that time and a third time and a half a time? And Daniel said, I, I don't understand. So I asked my Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed to the end of time. Daniel didn't understand that uh, the time, times and a half a time. But his next question showed more concern with the purpose of the events connected with the end as opposed to their timing. He says, when will that be? And the answer he received was similar to the one that Jesus gave his disciples at his ascension. Matthew chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Acts, I think it's Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. They wanted to know when, when Jesus was going to establish his kingdom on earth. And instead of giving them a time, he gave them a task. 
Lord, could you tell us when you're going to do this? And he said, um, it's not for you to know, in verse 7. Daniel was giving, given more knowledge than most about what was to come, but he still had questions. And when he asked for more understanding, Daniel was pretty much told by the angel, Daniel, what you need to do is seal all that stuff up and go get on with your life. Kind of what Jesus told the disciples. The times and the events that were to come are known to God. They have always been known to God. And they are in his hands. And what the angel told him was to remind Daniel to continue living the way that you've been living. Here's what you need to do, Daniel. Don't worry about all these things. And remember the angel, he swore in the name of God, that these things will happen. They're going to happen, Daniel. But go live your life. Daniel's task was to live his life as he had, showing that he was one of the wise. He was one of the ones that was leading others to righteousness. It's quite a testimony, if you think about it, that here is an angel sent by God to tell him, just keep living like you're living, Daniel, because you're pleasing to God. God has revealed as much of the future as is necessary for us to know that he has a future for us. Rather than cause us to live in fear, it should cause us to remain steadfast in how we live our lives. It should cause us to remain that wise person that is pointing others to righteousness that is only found in God. The things that were written in the book of Daniel were, were not written to make us afraid and withdraw from the world. There are people over the years that someone told them, well, it's going to happen this way. Let's all get in our own little group and, and sell all our stuff, and we'll all go live together out here in Oklahoma in the middle of the cow pasture somewhere because it's going to happen real soon, only to find out that it didn't happen. And that's not why we have these things. It's not, it's not so that we'll run away from the world. It's so that we will, be, we will be encouraged to go out into the world and point people to righteousness. It's not to live in fear, but to live with, with faith and boldness that we know the end is coming and that's a good thing because we will receive our reward. But the choice is ours. We don't know when it is. So the only thing that we can really do is to remain faithful in the meantime. We also need to reach out to the world that is lost with the message of Jesus Christ. Corey Ten Boom was a survivor of the Holocaust and, and an author later in her life. And she said this, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know if we will see tomorrow. But this we do know. We have the right to decide if we'll live for God 
And that decision has eternal consequences. And I'll read the words of that song one more time as I close. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. My life is worth the living just because he lives. God bless you.